at the right hand of the Father. And what does the right hand represent? Authority. authority. At the Father's right hand in Christ, who has all authority and we're in him. So that means our position in life is in the highest place of authority. I think we ought to start acting it. This is our position in life and our position in eternity. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that should be our viewpoint in life. Instead of having your head stuck down in the dirt. Our head ought to be up. We're seated in heavenly places. This is our viewpoint. This is our perspective when we evaluate everything. No matter what we're looking at, no matter what we're dealing with, we are evaluating it from our position seated in Christ in heavenly places. And instead of looking to that place, you need to start looking from that place. You need to stop looking to that place for some help and start looking from that place and take your authority. Hallelujah. This is our place in life. When were you seated? When you got born again. You took that. Now Jesus said to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. I go and prepare a place for you. That's the place. That's the place. You could forget about your dumb mansions. What good is a mansion if you can't even take that place? You understand what I'm saying? You know, we get all, all the twinkle. Oh, this is going to be so wonderful. That's where we live. Now, in this life, seated in Christ, in heavenly places. When we got born again, we took that place that Jesus went and prepared for us. He paid for our sins. He was raised up from eternal death. And Father made a place for us in Christ, seated at Father's own right hand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Praise God. I don't know about you, but this cranks me up. This gets me excited. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. If you have been raised. Well, what did Ephesians tell us? We were raised. So when we got born again, we took our rightful place. Isn't that right? So if we've been raised, we're born again, we are raised. Well, this is so in theory. This is so in the mind of God. To him, this is reality. To him, he's like, what's the problem? You're seated up here with me. What are you doing? Are you with me? To God, it's a reality because he said it. Not said it, set. He set it. S-E-T. He set it. Okay? So 
if it's so to him, is it so to us? It's so to you sitting here, but guess what you got to do tomorrow morning? You're going to be back out there again. And will it be so when you're out there? Will it be in the forefront of your thinking when you're out there? Will it be in the forefront of your thinking when everything hits the fan? Will it be in the forefront of your thinking when, bless God, this is what I was believing for, but it ain't working. Will it still be in the forefront of your thinking? When do we allow that to take a back seat in our life? Just as soon as you get your mind set on the things of the earth. And that becomes a back seat. When actually the earth should be the back seat. If this is a reality to God, to our Father, who set us in Christ, is it a reality to me? Is it a reality in my life? In my everyday walking around, breathing life, is this the reality? Is this the operating factor that I use in working in my life? Is this where I operate from? Is this where I work from? Is this where I perceive things from? If it is, then keep seeking. If it isn't, then start seeking. The word seeking, remember Jesus said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Same word. It's the same Greek word, seek. And it means strive to find it. In other words, you got to work for it. Because there's an enemy out there that wants to slap you around. There's an enemy out there that wants to keep you out of everything that God's provided for you. Just because God's provided for you, it's not an automatic. And the devil's going to make sure it's not automatic. And you're going to have to come against him and fight with him. Amen. Your problem is not God. God is not your issue. Neither is God slow about anything. It's all about us taking our place. Seeking, strive to find. Strive humbly and sincerely to follow and obey him. We just heard from the Lord about obeying him, the things that he wants to do, and he needs to do it through us. And we made a declaration that we're going to obey and follow him. Well, that's a humble statement. That's not an arrogant statement because we're not in charge when we say, God, I want to follow and obey. Isn't that right? He's in charge. We follow. We obey. Seek the things that are above. And the word seek also means to seek it with your life. This is about giving your life for seeking. Now, we've all given our life for something. We all do. Continuously, we give our life for something. But will we give our life to seek the very place that you've been seated? Or will you continue on day after day in the same old thing and just hoping things will change, hoping things will differ? Or will you choose and strive to seek? Amen. Seek also means to be on the search for. You know, the Bible talks about wisdom that's hidden. But it's not hidden from us. It's hidden for us. But we have to find it. Isn't that right? 
It's like somebody leaves you money, and they buried it in the backyard, and they left you a map. What would you do? I hope it shows up someday. I hope it'll come into my life someday. You'll be digging that yard up. You'll get yourself a backhoe and rip that thing to pieces. Why? Because you're seeking. See, you know how to seek stuff, but do you know how to seek the things of God? Seek. Amen. Hallelujah. The word seek also means it's an intense desire to obtain something. An intense desire to obtain something. How much of a desire do we have? All right. We just made a statement that says, I desire to be obedient. Well, how intense is that desire? Is that desire so intense that we're willing to step out even when we, we think it's God, but maybe it's not, but we're willing to step out because, bless God, I'm intense and I want to obey God. You know, it's like Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, you know, always wanted to hit home runs, but he struck out a lot more than he hit home runs. But he was willing to strike out because it was worth it to hit the home runs. In other words, he tried every single time. But when it comes to the things of God, bless God, I, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to strike out. Well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. See, you don't have an intense desire. You have a more of an intense desire to look good than you have to do good. Because if you strike out, you're not going to look good. And that's what scares you. But yet obedience is a humble position. And humble means my eyes are not on me. An intense desire to obtain something. Okay? If you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things of God. In other words, this is the mindset you have to have. This is your mindset. Why? Because it's a desire that pushes to action. A desire will always push to action. You know, some of you remember, some of you don't when you dated. But there was an intense desire. I remember when I had to leave and go to Guam and get housing. And my wife couldn't go with me until I got the housing. But I was on the phone calling her from Guam to Thailand. Because my desire to talk to her was a lot more than my worrying about how much is this going to cost. And it cost some money. Which I didn't have. <laughs> but what did you have? I had an intense desire, glory to God. <laughs> because desire... A, a strong desire, a real desire pushes you to action. It's not wishing on a fallen star, an empty hope. A desire that pushes you to action. Set your mind on where you're seated. All right? He set you there, so we have to set our mind. Where are we set? We're set above the earth, not on the earth. And that's why that song is so wonderful, and I love that song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. 
And it's not that you don't recognize that you can't see it or you become blind to it. It's just not important. Yeah. It's not as important as setting your mind on the things above. Yeah. You know why? Because down here means nothing without that. Right. Down here is nothing but superficial temporal stuff. And it means nothing without that. That is what makes everything worth it. Progressively moving our focus away from the things of the earth to focus on the things that are above. Why? Because that's where our real life resides. What did he say? For you have died. Well, if you're dead... But yet there's life. I need to know where that life is and run after that life. Yeah. Are you with me? This is the only way that you can find your life. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. It's the only way you can find it. It's the only way you can find real life. It's the only way you can find abundant life. You can only, it's the only way you can find that which is life indeed. Outside of that, you might be existing, but you're not living. Seek the things that are above. That's where you're seated. Amen. Okay, so if we're going to seek the things above, then what is above? Well, that which is in Christ. That which is in Christ is that which is in the Word. He was the Word made flesh. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Never changes. Everything in Him is exactly the same. Has never changed. You don't have to worry about trying to find something, but then, oh, tomorrow it's not there. Changed. No, never changes. So to seek the things that are above is to seek that which is in Christ or that which is in the Word. So what are the things that are above? Well, let's look at a couple of them. Colossians chapter 2. And, of course, this is by no means a complete list. <laughs> but this could keep you busy for at least a year. Yeah. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him having forgiven us all of our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And when he, the Father, disarmed the rulers and authorities, Father made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through Christ, him. Who did he triumph over? Powers, principalities, might, dominion, spiritual forces in high places, spiritual forces of wickedness. He triumphed over them all, seated Jesus Christ above them all, and then seated you in him above them all. So the number one thing that is above is victory. You have victory. Amen. So in the everyday affairs of life and the things we have to deal with, what do we talk how do we talk? What do we perceive? Gloom and despair and agony on me. Deep, dark depression. 
excessive misery. That's all that I have, and that's all that I see. Oh, Lord Jesus, won't you come and take me? You know, that's not a song of victory, just in case you want to know. <laughs> so, if this is true, and it's a reality, then how do I talk? What do I perceive? Now, I'm not saying you ignore your trouble. I'm saying you speak truth over it. Amen. Are you with me? What's the worst thing you could do with children when they disobey? Ignore them. It's the worst thing you can do. You don't ignore them when they disobey. You discipline them. You deal with it. Well, it's the same thing with life. Now, the good thing is, is that you've been given victory. So no matter what you deal with, you can have victory over it. Amen. You know, sometimes the things we deal with, we're in a boxing ring, you know? And um, sometimes we feel like, I don't know if I can get back in the fight again. But the fight's still going on. You haven't been knocked out. So get back in the ring again. You're only in the third round. Get back in and fight again. If you knew you're going to win, why would you quit? If victory is ours, why would we quit? Amen. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10. Revelation chapter 12, part of chapter 12 is like a recap of things that had already happened. And this particular section is talking about when Jesus was raised out from eternal death and then ascended into heaven. And in Revelation 12, 10, it says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven. You know, voices in heaven are always loud. They're always loud. And you know, in, in heaven, you're going to have perfect hearing. So why does everything have to be so loud? <laughs> and then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now... This is when Jesus was ascended into heaven. Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses them before our God day and night. This is when Satan got thrown out of heaven once and for all. He had no more access. Uh, that which Adam had created through sin and gave Satan access to heaven like that was now done away with. He's thrown out once and for all because Jesus has now come home with the authority. See, Satan wasn't thrown out before because man didn't really have the authority. And Satan could have destroyed everybody on the earth. But God in his great mercy and wisdom waited until Jesus rose from the dead, paid the price for sin, and brought that authority back home again. And Satan and his angels were put out once and for all. And he no longer, so therefore he no longer accuses God. Oh, I'm sorry, accuses you before God. He no longer accuses you before God. He accuses you to the person sitting next to you. So now he does it through people. You remember when um, with, with Job? Satan comes before God and he says, does Job fear God for nothing? What is he doing? He's accusing Job before God about fear. 
He don't do that anymore. He doesn't have that access anymore. He's now the accuser of the brethren to the other brethren. <laughs> and the other brethren kind of pick up on it right away, you know. No, not really. So, if the authority of Christ has come home and we're seated in Christ, then don't we have that authority? So you don't have to try to get it. You have it. It's been given to you. What authority is that? The highest authority of all creation at the right hand of the Father. Not higher than the Father, but is right up there at the right hand of the Father. In Christ. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples? I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy to handle serpents, scorpions, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Well, when did he say that to his disciples? After they returned from having gone out. Who does the authority belong to? Those that go. Those that obey. That's who the authority belongs to. Amen. Amen. Seated in Christ is only the beginning. Obedience is a big part of life. And obedience determines what you can walk in. Are you with me? So, we have authority at the right hand of the Father, but you won't find it on the earth. We have victory at the right hand of the Father, but you won't find it on the earth. What do you find on the earth? You find the devil accusing. You find the devil that wants to make you disheartened, distraught, depressed. That's what you find on the earth. And if we look to the earth, those are the things that we're going to have. But if we look above, we can have victory, we can have authority. And then Matthew 25, 21. We know the account, the parable of the talents. One went, had five, went out and traded, and the other one had two, went out and traded it. And it says to the one that had the ten, he had the five, he says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. He didn't say, I'll put you in charge of many things, so get happy. You know why? Because you can't find happiness in yourself. You won't find happiness in yourself unless you're feeling happy. But you know how fast that gets robbed. Happy now, sad then. You know, on top and then down below. Uh, you know, you just can't go by circumstances and emotions to determine whether you're happy or not. Because happy and joy are two different things. It says, enter into what? The joy of your master. So this is the joy of Jesus that you can enter into and keep. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, they were, he says, you were faithful, and I'll put you in charge of many things. You were faithful with a few things. So diligence has a big part to do with joy. See, they were diligent to do the things they needed to do. And he said, enter into the joy of your master. So diligence is a big thing that ought to be sought after. 
Huh? So you won't find joy on the earth. No matter how many funny movies you watch. No matter how many jokes you hear. No matter how many YouTube videos you watch. Or if you watch all 10 seasons of Dean Martin Roast. You're not going to find joy. Because joy is only in Jesus. The book of uh, Nehemiah says, when I take joy in the Lord, it becomes my strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John 16, 13. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he'll guide you into all the truth. For he'll not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. Oh, did I say 13? I'm sorry, 33. I got 33 written down. What am I saying 13 for? It's a good one. I liked it. That's why I read it, because I liked it. I knew it wasn't right, but I still liked it. It said, these things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I've overcome the world. Okay, so we live in the world. So in the world there is troubles, there's trials, there's tribulations, right? But he says, take courage, I've overcome the world. So if you're in me, you can overcome that too. That doesn't have to get you down. You can walk in the overcoming life just like he did and just like he does. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Isn't that what it tells you in, in John? Mm-hmm. All right. So in the world, you have tribulation. So if I set my mind on the things of the earth, then I'm going to set my mind on trials, troubles, and tribulations. And I'll be singing that song, gloom and despair and agony on me, you know, because that's where I might set my mind. But I don't want to set my mind on the things of the earth. I want to set my mind on the things above. Now I have to deal with the trial, the trouble, and the tribulation. But how do I deal with it? Courage. Encourage knowing it's already been overcome. It's already been overcome. So therefore, I can overcome it. I have the authority. I have the victory. The fight is fixed. I'm the winner. So I'm just going to keep fighting because I win. Isn't that right? John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. All right? Why? Because peace, if you have the peace, if you take hold of the peace, you won't be troubled or fearful. Peace is a, peace is not like, oh, I feel so peaceful. That's not peace. Peace is stability. That's what peace is, stability. Because there is no greater peace in this world than to be stable. It's called soundness of mind is the greatest stability you can have in life. And a sound mind is a disciplined mind, and it's one that is disciplined on the Word of God. Part of your salvation, soundness. So peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. There is no peace like the peace of Jesus. There's no greater peace, and you can't find it anyplace else. You could search the world, you can't find it. It's just like driving to Miami and looking for Orlando. You won't find it. 
You won't find that peace in the world. It's only in Him. These are things we strive for, look for, take hold of. We want that in our life. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16. Hallelujah. Just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, you know, so stop saying things like, yeah, I know what you meant when you said that. You don't know. You have no idea. You need to ask. Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God. Well, there's another thing above, the Spirit which is from God. So that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. So one of the things that are above is spiritual thoughts. Spiritual thoughts. Spiritual thoughts can come from a spiritual word. Or spiritual thoughts can create a spiritual word. You know, you can hear spiritual thoughts, that, uh, spiritual words that come to you and creates in you spiritual thoughts. Right? Words on a page are nothing but physical words until they get in our spirit. That book that you hold in your hand is useless unless it gets in your heart. It's nothing but paper, it's ink, it's wood, a tree. It's all it is. Cowhide maybe, but that's all it is until that word gets in your heart and comes alive. Sp creating spiritual thoughts. Spiritual thoughts then become spiritual words spoken out from our spirit and we speak it into the spiritual realm on the earth. Their spirit. And then when it's spoken into the spirit realm on the earth, it has to be created into the natural realm or manifest into the natural realm. But it's got to get from spiritual thoughts into spiritual words to be birthed into the spirit realm on the earth. Amen. Amen. Which then brings us to Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Remember what it said in, the other, in Colossians, for you have died? Well, right there, this is how you died. You were crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Now the King James Version says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Okay? So faith then, Jesus is the author and the perfecter of faith. He authors faith because faith comes from him. He perfects faith because the corresponding actions come from him. Isn't that right? 
So I hear the word of God. Faith comes alive on the inside of me that came from that word. Faith comes alive inside of me. And then the Holy Spirit, as I follow his direction, then those corresponding actions creates perfected faith. Because yeah. faith is perfected by corresponding actions. You can read the book of James and find that. I won't tell you where. Just read the book of James. Okay, so he's the author and he's the perfecter of faith. He authors it because faith comes from him, but he's the perfecter of it because faith is perfected by actions and the actions come from the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So if we don't look above, we don't receive. If I receive and I turn my gaze away from above, then I won't be perfected or come to a completion of my faith. I'm not talking about faith overall. I'm talking about faith for a specific situation and then this specific situation and then another specific situation. And it's keeping myself set on the things above to come to a place of perfection or completion in each individual instance of faith. Faith takes spiritual thoughts and makes them spiritual words. Spiritual words are not incantations. Well, I said it three times. Why hasn't it happened? See, that's an incantation. And that's what a lot of people think faith is. Well, I get a thought, I just say it, and boom, I'm going to have it. Now, this morning we talked about, pay attention to this. This morning we talked about how we prophesy in part. And even when we get direction from God, we get it within our understanding. So we may get it within our understanding, but yet misunderstand what God is really saying. But as we grow in God, those things become more clear to us. Isn't that right? So in the same way, possibly 45 years ago, it was taught you, you believe it, you speak it, and you'll have it, which is true, but it's not complete because we only prophesy in part. And as we've grown, we find out there's more aspects to it. The greatest aspect, and we, and we knew it back in those days, we, the, one of the greatest aspect, aspects of it was corresponding actions. You have to have corresponding actions to your faith, but things were not always plugged in in order of how it all works together. But as we've grown, we know more. Yeah. We understand more, not because we're getting smarter, but because God's able to reveal more things to us because we're growing in him. That's, that's it. You understand? So don't take 40-year-old information and think, well, it's still like that. It's not, if, you, if it's still like that, you haven't grown. You say, well, God changed. No, God didn't change. It's our understanding that increases and develops to where you get a greater clarity and understanding of things. It's called maturity. Amen. Are you with me? So faith, which is spiritual words, then becomes believing. And what is believing? It's exactly what it says back there from John 6, 29. Turn around and look at it. Look at the sign back there. Don't be rebellious. Turn around and look at the sign back there. The work of God is 
believe. That's the work of God, okay? There's a difference between faith and believing. Faith is spiritual words. I believe something, so I say this because this is what I believe. But, I mean, this is what I have faith in. But then it becomes believing, okay? Faith is becoming, believing is doing. Faith is a noun, believing is a verb. A noun is a person, place, or thing. A verb is an action word. Is that right? Faith is not an action word. Believing is an action word. So when do I believe? Just as soon as you become. I was in a restaurant today for lunch, and um, I had to go use the restroom. And just before I walked in the restroom, I thought, is that a woman walking into the men's room? Well, it wasn't. He's just a sweet-looking boy. (laughs) But what happens? And what do we see in society today? Somebody that was something became something else, so therefore they do something different. So one gender decides to become another gender, so now they go do something that the new gender does, even though they're still the old gender. But they become, in their mind, something different. So they do something different. Well, just as soon as you become what the Word of God says, you will do it. See, you're going to stop trying to make things happen. You're going to stop trying to make things change. Because once you become something, nothing else matters. It doesn't matter. I don't change. I don't care how many laws they want to pass and say that I am now a woman. I'm still using the men's room. I don't care about what they say. You're not going to change that. I don't care how much pressure you put on. I don't care if you want to protest. I don't care if you want to protest outside the church. All kind, no, you're not going to change it. It's the same. You understand? Well, you need to start looking at things that happen in life as nothing more than a protest. It's the circumstances of life out of hell protesting you and saying, That word don't work, holding up signs. That word don't work. That word don't work. Let go of that word. This doesn't work. Nothing's working. Nothing's working. And and hell is protesting because they know you're on the right track. Why do you think they're after President Trump? Do you think it's because they hate, oh, they, they, they don't like him or think he's a bad man? No, they're scared of him. Why do you think the devil comes after you? He's scared of you. Amen. Believing is doing. Faith is becoming. When we become, then we will do. Well, we walk by faith and not by sight. So when I stop becoming what I see and start becoming faith, I will do faith. It is no longer I that lives, but this life now that I live in this flesh. I do so by the faith of the Son of God. I'm still living in this flesh, but it's no longer I that lives. It's Christ in me that gives me life. 
And this walking around life now that I'm doing in this flesh, I do it by the faith of the Son of God. Faith that becomes believing is what creates a walking. All that we do is what we believe. There's a lot of things you have faith in, but you don't do it because you don't really believe it. Becoming a spiritual man that walks focused on the things above. Setting your mind. Setting your mind on the things above. Now, besides these things that we've talked about, some of the other things that are above is character. Fruit of the Spirit. That's character. Character development. The power of the gifts of the Spirit. Hebrews talks about the powers of the age to come. Knowing Jesus face to face. Mm. Living from faith to faith and from glory to glory. All of these things are from above. Isn't that right? A lot of times, many folks try not to feel something. But the Word of God doesn't say don't try to feel something. The Word of God says set your mind. Set your mind. That's what we ought to do. It's a position. That's a position that should never change. That when I set my mind, my, set my focus on the things above, that's a position that does not change. Ever. No matter what I face, no matter what I deal with. What am I doing? I'm set on the things above. Aren't you going to deal with that? Yeah, I will. Based on my position above. Not based on my position on the earth. Are you with me? We are in Christ, the Word made flesh, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All feelings are of the earth, and they're subject to change. Right? Subject to change? Great. Subject to who? That's right. And subject to what? The authority of the Word of God. See, we, we, we make these expressions, you know, and sayings, you know, all the feelings are subject to change. Well, who are they subject yeah. to? You know, they're subject to change, so I'm waiting for them to change. They're going to change. I'm just waiting for them. No, no, no. They're subject to you. But only if you've set your mind on the things that are above. You can't change anything by setting your mind on it. You change it by setting your mind on the things above. You don't change it by setting your mind on that thing. Get your mind off the things of the earth and set your mind on the things above. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We walk by faith and not by sight. So the feelings, which is part of sight and feeling, is subject to we who walk by faith. If I don't walk by faith, then I'm subject to it. Those things are subject to the faith we walk in and the faith that we walk by. By the faith of the Son of God. Are you with me? These things are subject to our believing. Believing. 
We want to stop feelings, but we're called to walk above them. We're, we're called to walk in our heavenly position. We're not called to walk in trying to stop feelings. You know what happens? You walk in your heavenly position, those feelings fall by the wayside. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. See, you're trying to stop them. God's trying to get them removed. But it don't come because you go, oh, God, remove this. Oh, God, remove this. Well, Paul did that with the thorn. I sought the, the, I sought the Lord three times that this thorn would be removed from me. And Jesus didn't say, oh, I'll remove it for you. Why? Jesus don't have authority on the earth. He said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Buck up, boy, and let's get this thing done. Amen. Now you think about Paul. He pretty much had a walking ministry. He got beat with rods five times where they grabbed the bottom of your feet and beat, the rod, they beat your feet with rods so the bones in your feet break. And I think he was beat five times with rods. Once would be too much. But he had to keep walking and do his ministry. So what do you call that? Walking above. Walking above it. Amen. Stop trying to change what we have and become what we are not. And when I say what we're not, I mean what we are not in the flesh. Instead of putting all your time into ch trying to change what you have, work on becoming what you are not right now. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You know, before I could prosper financially, I had to, within myself, become financially prosperous. In other words, I had to become financially prosperous without two dimes to rub together. And I had to become it spiritually. And once I became it spiritually, it put me on a path in life. Now, I could have had people come up to me, felt sorry for me. Oh, I know you have babies and you have trouble taking care of them, blah, 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 and want to always help you, which is fine. They want to be humanitarian. They want to be helped. But it could have hindered my growth. See, and growth is a lot more important. You're coming out the other side is more important. Yes. Are you with me? Now, I worked at wanting to overcome the financial troubles and problems, and I got into the Word and I'd hang my head. I'd be hanging my head on the table with having no money to pay my bills and just declaring what the Word of God says over and over and over again, week after week after week after week. And we were tithing. Got saved in 1981. And we were tithing. And at this point now, it was about 17 years of tithing, sowing and giving. And after 17 years... That financial bondage in me broke loose. Yeah. 
Now you have to understand something. That financial bondage wasn't just that I couldn't pay my bill. It was in me from a child. It was, it was, it was born and birthed into me as a child. So this was actually a part of my life. I could never see beyond this. So I had to become what I was not in order to properly deal with the things that I had. Are you with me? If I become, then I will never have to change my mindset. Not even for a moment. Despite what goes on in the flesh. So 1998, when I got free from that financial bondage in me, 2004 was Hurricane Charlie. 2007 was an economic downturn. And a number of other things have happened since then. But it's never changed the mindset. And because it doesn't change the mindset, you can walk in victory over everything that comes your way. Amen. Amen. Because no matter what happens, I'm the victor. No matter what happens, I have authority. No matter what happens, I have joy. No matter what happens, I have peace. No matter what happens, I have spiritual thoughts. No matter what happens, I'm going to have faith. And those things aren't going to change because my mindset is where it needs to be. Amen. You know, a lot of people think, you know, having faith is stopping hurricanes. And yeah, there's times that that's true, but you have to understand, and we've taught about deliverance. The greatest deliverance that we want, and what we think is the greatest to us, yeah. is to be delivered from something to where I never have to deal with it. Who doesn't want that? And do you grow from that? No, not usually. See, God's more interested in your growth than he is in your, what you want. So instead of believing God, I'm believing God not to have a hurricane. No, you need to believe God for deliverance. Because deliverance comes in one of three ways. You're delivered from something to where you never have to deal with it. That's only one way. Another way is, you get delivered from something by going around it and not touching it. You get delivered a third way by going through it, but coming out the other side as a victor. When Israel got freed from Egypt, they were delivered out from Egypt. As they were headed to Sinai, the Lord said to Moses, take them around this way, the long way. Otherwise, they will see the war of the Philistines and they'll be disheartened and want to go back to Egypt. So he delivered them around the Philistines. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through the fiery furnace. Daniel went through the lion's den. It don't matter what you go through. Don't whine about what you go through. Deliverance belongs to you. And that's what we look for, and that's what we believe for, and that's what we declare. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Deliverance is heavenly. And that's where we set our mind, on the deliverance. Thank you, Jesus, that we're delivered. You don't have to figure it out how. Amen. Do you think that Florida is done with hurricanes? Do you think that we'll never have to deal with another hurricane? Oh, bless God, pastor, you need to say, yes, we'll never deal with another hurricane. You're lying to yourself. No, no, you just don't have the faith. Excuse me. Excuse me. Don't start. Okay, I'll be nice. But this is what people think. Now, I used to think that way too. That was when I got saved and I was about two months old in the Lord. And I used to think that too. And people used to say, well, you know, <clears throat> we don't think we're going to have a fire, but we, uh, we have fire extinguishers. And I think, why do you have a fire extinguisher for? Well, no, we're believing for no fires. Why would you have a fire extinguisher? Okay, if you believe that, I want you to take the spare tire out of your car and put it in the garage and never drive with it. How many of you have a spare tire in your car? I don't have a spare tire in my car, but that's because my tires don't go flat. <laughs> Are you with me? Because faith don't stop anything. Faith delivers you out of anything. That's the difference. Faith will deliver you out of anything. No matter what the devil throws at you. Well, I'm just believing we'll not have any trouble. Then James is a liar. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter, fall into, and find yourself surrounded on every side by tests, troubles, and trials. That's what James said. That's, oh, in case you didn't know, that's Jesus' brother. <laughs> well, that's what he said. And what did he say? Count it all. Why? Because that's what you find in the above. That's having your mind set on the things above. Count it all joy. Glory to God. I have joy. I found joy from heaven. It don't change no matter what I'm surrounded by. We don't like being surrounded, but bless God, deliverance belongs to us. Amen. Hallelujah. To say I'm never going to deal with something is to believe God for one way of deliverance, and he doesn't do just one way. Maybe he needs you to grow up some. You know, think about fighters in a boxing, boxing match. Does somebody go from a, a, a rookie fighter to a champion without fighting? No. He's got to go through fights and win. And every time he wins, he increases more and more and more until he gets to the champion level. Well, that's the same thing with us. You know, David only defeated Goliath because he already defeated the lion and the bear. And he said, the same God that delivered me from the lion and the bear, this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them. Well, if all you did was sit at home and go, oh, look at the lion, look at the yeah, I'm not going to bother with them. I believe God will never touch the sheep and all. And then all of a sudden, Goliath shows up. He done whip you bad. And I only say this because I understand. I've been there. 
I know what it's like to be a baby. I'm not calling you a baby. I'm just saying I know what it's like. A babe, okay? Maybe I'll say a babe. Does that sound better? I know what it's like to be a babe. Okay, let's try Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4.22. I don't know. I didn't plan on going into all that stuff, but there you go. It says that in reference to your former manner of life, that you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. Okay, the old self. What does the old self include? It includes the old way of thinking that creates the old way of doing things. The old ways of the earth. You know, James chapter 3 talks about wisdom that can be of the earth or it can be of heaven. Yeah. Amen. Verse 23. He says, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Renewed in the spirit of your mind. It points to a complete about face in the thinking. It's a change from mental impurity to holiness. The Spirit of God influences the thought processes to reason from God's standpoint, not from the place of unsaved people. Okay? So, that our thought processes would operate out from a heavenly place. That's what that means to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So this is not just a mind psychology thing. This is a transformation in our thinking from an earthly form to a spiritual form. From earthly thoughts to spiritual thoughts. It is a qualitative renewing or a renovation which makes a person different than they were in the past. See, it makes you different. It's not just that you think different and all. It makes you different. Why? Because you've taken on this whole process and new way of thinking and just got washed in the Word over a process of time. And you came out of the bath a different person. Glory to God. We got changed when we got born again. We got changed spiritually. Spiritually, we became a completely new person. But unless that change touches our soul... Our life will not change. We've been delivered out of darkness when we got born again. Now, through the renewing of the mind, we can walk out of it. And we can stay out of it by the renewing of the mind. Vincent's word studies in talking about being renewed in the spirit of your mind says, the change is not in mind psychology in its essence or in its operation. And neither is it in the mind as if it was a superficial change of opinion, either on points of doctrine or practice. So it's not like, well, I don't do that anymore. Now I do, I just change, you know, I, I, I'm not going to think like that. Anymore. It's not that. It is in the spirit of the mind, that which gives the mind its bent and its material of thought. So when stuff happens in your life and it all hits the fan, which way do you bend? Where is your mindset? Well, I thought it was good. I mean, my mind was on that, but now things aren't working so well. So what does that mean? That means your change was only emotional. 
it's the spirit of the mind. That when the spirit of the mind itself is changed, it is the power that radically alters the entire sphere and business of the inner mechanisms of you. Your whole inward working changes. The way you perceive, the way you consider, the way that you ponder, everything's totally different. Don't do anything like I used to do. Do you know why I can stand up here and talk to you about stuff from my old life that my wife hates to hear about? Because to me, it's another person. It's not me. I mean, I can talk about it, and I can talk about it. I mean, some stuff can be pretty shameful, but I could talk about it without feeling shame because I'm delivered out of that. That is not me anymore. The whole entire sphere and business of working on the inside me has totally been radicalized. And that's what gives you the power of a new life. Amen. It's the place of transformation. Now, let me end by saying this. Whenever there is transformation, there will be pressure. This is very, very important. You must understand this because most of the people think, well, I'm just going to renew my mind, change the way I think. I'm going to just slide on through and everything's going to be just fine. There's pressure in transformation. There's pressure on the body of a caterpillar to become a butterfly as they're breaking out of a cocoon. There is pressure on a baby being born. There's pressure on a student to become whatever profession they are studying. There is pressure on the flesh to be led by the Holy Spirit. There is pressure on the unrenewed earthly mind to be renewed and to be restored. There is pressures on our cognitive abilities involving conscious intellectual activity like thinking, reasoning, or remembering. Regular cognitive function of seeking the things above in thought, word, action, and life. This is a cognitive, conscious focus that you need to take. Don't think for a moment that you're going to walk out of here and, yeah, tomorrow I'll just be set. Unless you consciously set yourself every day. And like I heard, I think Pastor Morgan talked about it, that Smith Wigglesworth said every 15 minutes he would stop and check in with God and make sure he was set where he needed to be. Every 15 minutes, dear God, do we, we have trouble every 15 days. Oh, 15 days went by. Maybe I should check in with God. But you see, he cared about change. See, this is talking about caring about change. This is a desire that creates action. This is a focus of life. I mean, God's had me talk about this for quite a a few times now over the last several months. So it must be important. The focus of life. You've got to set yourself and engage yourself with this. This is not going to happen haphazardly or just, whoa, all of a sudden one day I wake up, whoa, look at this, everything's changed. <laughs> Are we engaged with these things and setting our minds on the things above? 
or are our spiritual cognitive functions depleting? And what do I mean by that? Maybe 15 years ago you were seeking, focused, but today that's depleted. You're not focused anymore. You're just out there doing whatever. Because after all, you're a good person. After all, you know, things are better today than they were 15 years ago. I'm good. Everything's fine. Thinking like that will cause you to disengage. We have to set our mind on the things above. Purposefully. Doing it on purpose, with purpose. On purpose, with purpose. On purpose, with purpose. A lot of people don't want pressure. They just want. If you don't sweat in training, you won't win in battle. You know, our military, they have practice wars. They have, um, uh, what do you call them? What is it? Yeah, reforging, okay? So they're always working on stuff, right? Well, why do they do that? Because real war is going to take place. And if you don't sweat and put all you got into the the practice stuff, you're never going to win in the battle. Well, it's the same with faith. If we refuse the pressures of being renewed in the spirit of our mind, we'll never stand under the pressures of faith battles. Because if you're going to walk by faith, it's going to be faith battles. And to think there isn't? Well, I want there to be no faith battles. Well, as soon as you step into heaven, you will have that which you believeth. You know? Because there's a devil on this earth. Satan and his forces that wants to stop you. He don't just want to stop you. He is totally scared of you. Because he knows at any moment, you just might get it. And if you get it, then his position in your life is done. And he knows that. And he'll do anything to make you think you'll never get it. You can't get it. There's no way you can get it. Those people can get it, but you can't. He'll lie like a dog. He does like they do in the government or any other criminal organization. They lie and lie and they lie. And then when they get caught, they will lie again. And that's all they do is lie. And that's the way the devil is. Just lie, 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 and lie. And even when you say, I've caught you and I know what you are, he'll lie again. Always lying, because that's all he is. He's the father of lies. Isn't that right? Amen. See, this is why you need to be strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. Only be very strong and courageous. For the Lord your God, he is with you. Isn't that right? Well, when are you going to be strong and courageous? In practice and in problems. If you're not strong and courageous in practice, you won't be strong and courageous with problems. Practice is renewing your mind, being restored. Problems 
is the battles of faith. And you know what the battles of faith is? It's a life of believing. It's a life of believing. Let me just close by saying this. The doctrines of the word of God is not based on a Western society. The doctrines of the word of God is not based on just put in some time and after that you can just sit back and relax and just enjoy the rest of your life and everything will be just rosy. That's not the doctrines of the kingdom. The doctrines of the kingdom is fight to the finish. The Apostle Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have fought the fight of faith. And now I'm ready to depart. He fought to the finish. That's what life in the kingdom is all about. But bless God, we have all that we need to be victorious. Because he's given us everything when he seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just lift your hands. Bless the Lord. Glory to you, Lord God. Glory to your name forevermore. Wonderful Jesus, wonderful Savior, King of kings and Lord of lords, our mighty God, the everlasting one. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are the eternal one. You're the risen king. You're the king of glory. You're the king of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're the God of our salvation, the God of our healing, the God uh, of, uh, uh, of restoration in our soul. You are our God, our King, our all in all and our everything. You are the everlasting covenant, Lord God. It's signed in your blood. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Bless your name, bless your name, bless your name, bless your name, bless your name. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jude, would you come up to the keyboard? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to your name. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I just sense that there's some here that is needing wisdom about some things in their life. You, you might feel like, you know, uh, these are things that you're going to do, but on the inside you might be a little bit unsettled. And you just need some wisdom about things that's going on. Maybe decisions you need to make, whatever it might be. But if, that, if you're in that place and you need some wisdom, I just want you to stand right where you're at. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to the Lord. The Word of God says that if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask. And God will give it to you generously and without reproach. But you have to ask in faith without any doubting. In other words, when you ask for wisdom, you'll know without any doubt that you will get the wisdom that you need, that he will get it to you in one way or another. And we'll be single-minded about this. So let's just say this together. Lord, here I am. I'm standing before you. I need wisdom in my life. And I'm asking for wisdom. Lord, this is the situation that I need wisdom in. Now go ahead and mention the situation you're dealing with that you're needing wisdom in. And say, Lord, I have set before you my request. You said that if I ask for wisdom, that you'll give it to me generously and without reproach. Therefore, I have asked and I ask in faith, knowing without a doubt that you will answer me, that you will give me the wisdom I need that you will either speak it in my spirit you'll speak it from the pulpit you'll speak it by sending somebody into my life I will not have to seek and I will not have to search for it but you will make it known to me I thank you Lord and even before I received the wisdom I thank you for it thank you Father Thank you, Father. I receive that. I receive that. I receive that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You all can be seated. You can sit down smarter than when you got up. <laughs> praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's bless the Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We magnify your name, Jesus. All praise and all glory and all honor to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I bless your name. 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 I bless your name, Lord Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Morgan, would you come here for a moment? I want you just to share with the people what you shared with us at men's breakfast about the man that had uh, the issues and then all of a sudden they were gone. Um, you had prayed for him and um, um, something about he went in the hospital and then and he came out and he said, I don't have that issue. And he went back to the doctor and the doctor said, you never had, whoever it might have been. Okay. I shared it this morning. Okay. I shared it this morning, but I'll share it again. Okay. And uh, we were going, I was going to men's breakfast yesterday and she was walking down. She had her dog and she was walking her dog and 
I went out to pet her dog and she says, hey, I'd, I'd like to thank you. I said, for what? She said, you prayed for me about maybe three or four months ago. She said, and uh, I, I had bursitis and she, she was limping and I, I knew something was wrong. So I just asked her if I could pray for her. So she let me pray for her. Well, she had went in the hospital about some other issues, but she'd come back out and she says, all the pain was gone. And she said, I went back to my doctor and he checked me out and he said, you don't have any bursitis anymore. <laughs> and I said, that's Jesus for yeah, you. Amen. And I shared some, I shared some other stuff with her about, you know, everybody thinks it's instantaneously, but it's not always instantaneously. That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she did. And she said, he checked her out real good. And she said, you do not have any bursitis anymore. So. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, Barbara, you dealt with that flu. And under the old conditions, flu would have turned into pneumonia, and it would have been a really big ordeal. But that flu did not turn into pneumonia, you know. So the next step is no flu, you know, and it's step by step. And you will be like that woman that will say, I don't have this anymore. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, it'll be like what it says, and I don't know exactly where it is. I'd have to find it. Maybe you can find it in the, in the Bible. But it says, and I looked, and my enemy was no more. Yes. Amen. 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 Come on. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. All praise, all glory, and all honor to you, Jesus. Wonderful Lord and Savior, glorious King, mighty God, everlasting one. We bless you. We praise you, Lord. There's none like you, Jesus. None like you, Jesus. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your loving kindness, Lord God, towards us. Thank you, Father, that your eye is always on us. Your ear is open to us. Your arm is stretched out to us. Thank you, Lord. 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 All praise, all glory, and all honor to you, Lord, forevermore, forever and ever, forever and ever, forever and ever. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, forevermore. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jude. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. You got something? Okay. To me? Yes. Oh. It time and season. The new seasons have take place spiritually and can get blossom very short time because the time is the access 
for you to bring his people higher and farther than you never been before. If the season have changed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, rev up your spiritual rocket engines because we're getting ready to take off. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. How, how many is ready to go up higher? Move on further. Press in for more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me speak to you all on, online. You know, that all goes for you also about the wisdom, that you can ask for the wisdom, and God gives it to you liberally, without reproach. He's generous with it. And all you have to do is ask in faith, knowing that He will give to you that which you need. So just ask Him for what you need and know without a doubt He will get the wisdom to you, whether it be in your spirit, whether it come alive in something you're reading in the Word, whether it be something that somebody comes your way and shares with you. You will not have to seek it. You will not have to search after it. He will send it to you because your faith that you believe for will draw it to yes, you. Amen. Amen. And I agree with you, just as I agree with those here, that you will receive the wisdom that you have decreed and declared. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, come on. Let's praise him one more time. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise your name. Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Glory to the King. Glory to the King. Glory to the King. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for what you have brought to us tonight. That it's not just information, but it's revelation, even impartation, so that we can have application. And we can work these things into our life. And we can see that change will take place. Increase will blossom. Father, we'll, we'll take hold of these things. Holy Spirit, I look to you and I ask you to help each and every one of us. To remind us to set our minds on the things that are above. That that's where we are seated. That is our perspective and viewpoint in life. So help us that we would seek and search after and strive to find those things that are above. That we may find our real life. Find life indeed that is in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, as we come before you with our giving, I thank you so much for the opportunity to come before you with our substance. Lord, you gave all that you had for us. And we just give to you some of what we have. Because we know you don't require all that we have. You just require all that we are. So that which we have, Father, we purpose in our heart to bring it to you by saying thank you. And with a heart of gratitude, we sow our seed before you. Yes. 
And I thank you, Father, that because of our prayers and because of our giving, it becomes a memorial before your throne. And it will release answers into our lives. We thank you. We bless you and praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Again, if you joined us on online, thanks for being with us tonight. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, you go to newlifefamilyworship.net, click on the giving link, and I thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. Contact us, uh, email us, call us, let us know anything that you need prayer for. We'll, we'd like to stand in prayer with you. If you're ever in the area, please stop by. I know some of you have. Uh, you've had opportunity to come by, and it was always so good to see you when you do come by. But if you're ever in the area, just stop on in and just tell us. I'm online. I watch you online, and uh, it'd be really glad to, to meet you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.